Hello, welcome to Healing SIBO, IBS, and Gut Dysfunction. I'm your host, Monica Boyle. You can find me at betterhealthbymonica.com. Better Health by Monica is my social media handle. And this is a podcast where we talk about the guidelines that will heal your gut naturally from an actual root cause perspective. And I say actual because I think in the gut health SIBO IBS community, we become overly concerned with searching for the root cause of our SIBO or any of our other gut issues. So how many times have you seen that or heard that or thought about that yourself? You know, I'm, I want to look for the root cause of my SIBO. And then what happens is we can find out that we have low stomach acid or motility problems. And then we think, ah, that is the root cause of my SIBO. So you just try to increase your stomach acid or aid your motility or your transit and you think you, you'll be fine and you've solved all your problems. Now, while you're not wrong in thinking this and doing those things may help a lot or a little, it's not addressing the root cause truly, okay? It's not addressing why you have low stomach acid or motility problems, right? So the guidelines in this podcast lay out how to truly address gut issues from that root cause perspective in a holistic way. And this podcast is an accompaniment to my ebook, The Holistic Healing Guidebook for SIBO, IBS, and Gut Dysfunction, where I lay out in bullet point graphic format all of the things that you need to know to heal your gut holistically. So you can check that out on my website, betterhealthbymonica.com, and you can purchase it there. So we have talked about fasting for the gut. We've talked about processed food, real food, what it means for food to be real, how to navigate the grocery store, what processed food and dead food and fake food is. And today we're going to be talking about quality food. And we're going to really get into things like why is organic important? Why is non-GMO important? We're going to talk about history. We're going to talk about biology. And we're going to get into uh, the vocabulary, the words uh, that you want to look for in the supermarket or the best ways that you can get the highest quality food. This episode is actually broken into two parts because it is quite a hefty category. We're going to be talking mostly about fruits and vegetables today, organic, non-GMO today. In the next episode, we'll start talking about animal products and grains and uh, gluten and stuff like that that is also very important. So high quality food is extremely important when we want to heal the gut. If we're eating a restrictive diet, let's say low FODMAP or um, a SIBO biphasic or SIBO specific diet, but we're not prioritizing quality food, quality, <laughs> but we're not prioritizing quality food, then even though we're supposedly eating to try to heal the gut, we're not actually healing the gut. And we're not giving the body nutrients. We're not feeding it nutritious food. In fact, these foods can potentially damage the gut. The foods that we choose on these restrictive diets can potentially damage the gut if they're not high quality. 
So all of that hard work that we put into a protocol, a, a supplement protocol, eradication protocol, staying away from broccoli for months, staying away from fermentable carbohydrates, it's not going to matter if we're eating toxins and low nutrient dense foods. So let's get into what a high quality food is. High quality food is high nutrient quality food, okay? It is food that is untouched by chemical fertilizers, hormones, antibiotics for animal products, and other harmful processes that actually diminish the nutrient quality of food. High quality food is organic. It is fresh from the ground or eaten as soon as possible once picked from the ground, like fruits and vegetables. It, it hasn't traveled very far. It's in season. If it's an animal product, it's been raised humanely, fed with organic food and good food. It was a happy animal because those animal products and that those fruits and vegetables are going to have a much higher nutrient content. So I want to really get into why organic and non-GMO is important. There's been a lot of money that has been put into convincing people that these foods are fine. And if you go to a pro-GMO website or companies that uh, make genetically modified food or support that, you're going to get a lot of misinformation. And that is a discussion for another time, but we'll get into it a little bit as much as I can today. But before we really get into the organic and non-GMO stuff, I want to talk about what to look for in the store, and I want to talk about greenwashing. So greenwashing is the use of sneaky marketing tactics to trick the customer into thinking that something is healthy. So you might see words like fresh or natural, and we talked about this in the last episode, but it's important to reiterate because it's tricky and it's deceiving. You see something that says fresh, natural, no preservatives, gluten-free, um, even sometimes like the hormone, the no hormone or antibiotic-free can be a distraction from what's actually in the product. So you just want to be reading the ingredient labels. You want to be reading the added ingredients as well, because sometimes it'll they'll say, There'll be two different areas of ingredients where you have the active ingredient or, you know, the most prominent ingredients, and then you have added ingredients as well. That's mostly for supplements, but it happens with food too. So you just want to be mindful of what is actually in the product because what's on the front cover, even if it says fresh or natural, it may still be a processed toxic food. So we're going to start with fruits and vegetables. With fruits and vegetables, the best is going to be local, in-season, organic, freshly picked. Um, I try to go to this farmer's market where I get to actually pick the vegetables out of the soil. It's awesome, but it's also kind of the worst nightmare for a farmer because you have all of these people just like trampling on all of the food. Um, I, I actually can't believe they allow it, but it's great for me because I carefully go through and I try to harvest whatever I think is ready and I can pull the apricots and the peaches from the tree and I can cut the lettuce straight from the stem and it makes such a difference knowing that I'm eating this food that 
was just in the ground and has the highest nutrient quality to it. But I understand that not all of us have that ability. Um, it, this is an incentive to start growing your own food if you have the capacity to in your backyard with raised beds or in the ground. Um, but again, if you don't have that ability or it's just not feasible for you right now and you're shopping in the supermarket, then you want to make sure you're buying organic. USDA certified organic in the supermarket and non-GMO. Organic means it's non-GMO. So it may not always say both of them, but if it says USDA organic, it's not a genetically modified produce. But if it's if it doesn't say USDA organic and it just says non-GMO, then it's potentially there were chemical fertilizers or chemicals used on the on the plant so usda organic okay all right so let's get into why why is it important to eat organic and non-gmo food this is a hefty subject my favorite uh resource or one of my favorite resources is dr zach bush and you can find him on ZachBushMD.com, and he has some articles about this subject that are worth checking out. And he's got some webinars, and he's just a, a great person and speaker as well. I would definitely check him out if you haven't already. So I do want to have a little disclaimer here. I understand that there are many different nuances to this story I'm about to tell and I, I tried to source from multiple different articles and make sure that I at least got the big picture, the big idea, the most important facts about the story. So if I get one or two things a little wrong or off here, um, I apologize. And I'm not spreading misinformation. I'm trying to get people to understand that this is actually happening and organic food is better and this is why. So back in 1950, or in the 1950s, we had all of this extra petroleum oil from World War II. And during this time, there was a shift in how farmers farmed. They were switching to monocropping. That was on the agenda. It was no more resting the soil, no more crop rotation. Farmers wanted to produce one crop and as much of it as possible. So they had all of this extra petroleum oil from World War II, and they, as in either the government or the companies with the petroleum or both, decided that it was going to make a great chemical fertilizer. The logic was, we're going to kill off these pests, we're going to kill the weeds around it, this will create better yield, more crop, better crop. But that didn't happen. It actually weakened the plants. It made them way less nutritious. And this is my opinion. This is just, I, I find it shocking that you would think that you would put petroleum oil on any living thing and it would thrive. So I'm not really sure where that logic was or where that logic lied. Um, and maybe I'm missing something about the beginning of that story and why they did that but it just doesn't really make sense to me why they would think that would be a good idea. Because the plants did not thrive. They got sick. They got really sick. And the answer to these sick, diseased plants 
that had pests and had fungus on them was to add more chemicals. And so Roundup was born. And Roundup is a product that we still use. And the active ingredient to Roundup is glyphosate. Glyphosate was used in the Vietnam War for something called Agent Orange. Agent Orange was used to kill vegetation, make it easier to see, you know, for um, military operations. It was used to poison the plants, poison the rice, create a food crisis in Vietnam, but it also poisoned many people. And we know this. This is something that if you Google Agent Orange, we know that it causes health impacts, negative health impacts on people. And people have been reaping the consequences of our government's action for years. And there's actually a compensation program, I do believe, but I could be wrong about that, uh, for the Vietnamese people, Korean, some other Asian, Asian people as well who were impacted by this. So glyphosate is a weed killer. And it's a truly everything killer. Everything it touches, essentially, it, it alters the biology of the plants and it alters the microbial environment of the soil of the plants. And Monsanto is the company that created Roundup. And they keep coming out with more and more chemicals today because we'll get to this later, but they keep coming out with more chemicals because certain bacteria and pests are creating a resistance to glyphosate. So they're trying to come up with more and more chemicals that have different names. They're just as harmful like dicamba, but it's a problem. Okay. Glyphosate is a problem. So not only does it impact the non-organic food that we eat, which then impacts us, but it also infiltrates the water because it's not water soluble. So it just stays in the water and then it gets into the air because the water evaporates. And there are actually some interesting charts that show the increase of use of Roundup in certain areas correlates with the increase of chronic illness like cancer and cardiovascular disease, autism, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. And so there is a strong correlation here to the use of these chemicals and its impacts on humans. And I know that correlation does not always equal causation. And I'm the first to say that for a lot of things, especially these days. But when you have a chemical that was used in warfare to hurt living things, people, and living organisms. And now we are spraying it on the food that we eat. And it has shown and proven to us that it causes chronic illness, especially down the line, and yet we're still using it on the food we eat. It's appalling. And it, and it really makes you question what the heck is going on. And I will say this, I'm not going to get into it too much, but our current Secretary of, Secretary of Agriculture is Tom Vilsack. And Tom Vilsack was also the 
Secretary of Agriculture for Obama for his entire administration. But he has very close ties with Monsanto, and he's played a large part in deregulation for genetically modified foods and harmful chemicals. And he's actually gained the nickname Mr. Monsanto. And let me just quickly explain what deregulation means, essentially. So all of these products and drugs and, uh, you know, different chemicals and such, they do have to go through safety testing in order to be approved by the FDA. And that's a whole other conversation is dealing with the FDA. But there are systems in place that are testing the safety or the efficacy of a certain product intervention drug, you know, like a chemical fertilizer or genetically modified food, etc. But there are a lot of nuances to this discussion, and there are a lot of things that people don't quite understand that are quite political. And politics has played a huge role in deregulating um, genetically modified foods and uh, these chemicals that are harmful to people, harmful to the environment as well. And so deregulation basically is like the politicization or politics getting in the way of necessary safety testing that should be done on something before it's released into the market for people to buy. Um, and Vilsack played a big role in deregulating genetically modified foods and other things and has this kind of association with these companies, which is very alarming. Now he's in the government making decisions about the food that we eat, about the food that is being uh, distributed at schools, and it's definitely something worth looking into deeply, but it's hard to get that information um, with all of the censorship happening. It's very hard to get the real story behind him and what his ties are. I'm still trying to research that and get as much information as I can. So that's something to think about and ponder on and research for yourself. And, um, you know, Tom Vilsack and what that means for our country and what that means for genetically modified food and organic food. So bottom line, glyphosate can cause uh, dead food, you know, nutrient dead food. It can potentially alter our microbiome by blocking specific enzymes. It can cause inflammation, impact um, detox capacity. And so non-organic food is not a great option, okay, just to put it blat blatantly. So let's talk briefly about genetically modified food, GMOs. GMOs are, GMO food uses the most chemicals because the pests around GMOs are actually building a resistance to glyphosate. So Monsanto has to keep coming out with these new um, anti-resistant chemicals so that it kills the pests, right? So all genetically modified food uses glyphosate or glyphosate-like chemicals. So that's a big problem. And also the way that GMOs are created is very questionable and has not been adequately tested for safety. And I will potentially dedicate a whole podcast or several podcasts on this topic alone because it is quite hefty. But if you look into the beginning of the the creation of genetically modified food, you will understand the beginning of 
the politicization of science. There was a lot of corruption and lies and loopholes and lobbying and propaganda in the process of bringing genetically modified food to the market. So you may hear things like, well, we don't have evidence to support that GMOs are unsafe. And that's true because that's the way that they want it. They made it that way because the government removed regulation around testing the safety of GMOs. Because they know that if they do test for the safety, they may come up with quite alarming results. If you really want to go into it, you can read the book Altered Genes and Twisted Truth by Stephen Drucker, I believe. Uh, and it it's a hefty one. I'm, I'm working my way through it, and I will report to you when I finish this book. Organic food is best, bottom line. We don't want GMOs. We don't want non-organic food. Because non-organic food and GMOs use Roundup or glyphosate-containing chemicals or other harmful chemicals that can seriously impact our health. And not to mention the fact that they get into the water, the drinking water of a particular town and the air, and then they can wreak havoc on everybody in the community. It's not the end of the world if you have a little bit of this food, okay? For me, it is the health concerns, absolutely, that we don't know and that we do know about GMOs and non-organic food, but it's also the fact that I want to do my best to not support the corruption behind this, okay? All you have to do is dig a little bit deeper and look into the real story behind this stuff and look into the politicization of it, and it starts to become a little bit clearer to you. Uh, It's not always easy to get the answers because, trust me, I was looking for some answers Um, just on mainstream, you know, uh, search engines, and it's not easy to find. So it does take a little bit of investigation, but it's true. It's out there. The information is out there to learn for yourself. And I'll try to link to as much as I can in the show notes as far as uh, resources that you can kind of back up what I'm saying, right? So I know that a lot of people will be thinking, well, why eat organic food? Because if it's next to a non-organic farm or if this glyphosate is everywhere in the air and the water, then it's just in all foods. So why even bother eating organic? Well, I will argue that with organic is still better. Okay, it is still better because the farmers who grow organic food, they do try their best um, to make this food the best nutrient, high quality food that they can. Also, the USDA uh, does require buffer zones so that organic farms cannot be super close to non-organic farms. So there isn't this contamination happening as far as I know that is a a requirement and truly organic food is just going to be better for you even if it's a little bit better for you even if for some reason there is some contamination it's still going to be better for you and higher nutrient quality And this is why it's important to support your local farmer and go to a farmer's market to talk to that farmer and talk about how they uh, grow their food and what they use in the process. Sometimes 
farmers will use certain natural pesticides and that's okay, like neem. Sometimes they do use certain chemicals, but it's not glyphosate based or there isn't serious, um, you know, Agent Orange components to it. So that is important to understand that there are nuances to this conversation, but it, it's this big picture of what this is doing to our bodies, to our environment, and what's being allowed to happen under our noses. So I'm going to end things there with the uh, fruits and vegetables, organic versus non-organic and GMOs. I hope that you gained a lot of information. And if you're like, whoa, this can't be true, then please follow up with the resources that I provide because it is a problem and we need to raise awareness about glyphosate and dicamba and what Monsanto is doing about genetically modified foods. And uh, yeah, so I hope to provide more resources and more podcasts in the future about this, but we will talk about animal products and grains in the next episode, and I look forward to that. And if you like what you're hearing on this podcast, then please subscribe. And if you have time, if you could leave me a little review, it would be much appreciated. And if you'd like to learn more about me, about what I do, you can follow me on Instagram, Better Health by Monica, and check out my website at betterhealthbymonica.com. If you go to my Instagram, I have a little uh, in the link in bio, I have um, a questionnaire. It's called the Holistic Healing Questionnaire, and it takes you through a little evaluation of your life. And it's a great way to become aware of some of the exposures that you have or some of the habits that you have or your symptoms. And you can see how much stress your body is actually under. And then you can go and grab yourself a copy of the Holistic Healing Guidebook for SIBO, IBS, and Gut Dysfunction, where you are going to learn a ton of information about how you can address the true root cause of your gut issues by following the specific guidelines and then understanding why those are important in the first place. We can really attack gut issues from a holistic perspective, and then you're going to understand what the heck that actually means. So thank you so much for listening. And again, be sure to go to betterhealthbymonica.com or betterhealthbymonica on my Instagram and Facebook. Catch you next time.